Welcome to Book Chatter, the monthly book club podcast sponsored by Longmont Public Library. I'm Josie, your host for this episode, and with me are Devin. Hello. And Edward. Hey. To discuss our latest author pick, Richard Estep. We are doing a different kind of episode this month. We are picking an author and reading different books by that author and then chatting about the reads. And because it is October and it's the time for all things spooky and creepy, we have picked local Longmont author Richard Estep. Richard is a great guy who we have hosted for numerous programs at the library. Um, Originally from England, Richard has written many books, both nonfiction and fiction. He has been on TV's Haunted Case Files. It's a paranormal investigator show in the UK. Haunted Hospitals and Paranormal 911. He is a paranormal investigator with the Boulder County Paranormal Research Society, which he founded in 2006. Many of his books are about his experiences investigating the paranormal. Richard also occasionally gives ghost tours at the Stanley Hotel in Estes Park, which I think would be really fun. His day job is as a paramedic and an educator in that field. He lives here in Longmont with his lovely wife, Laura, and they both are animal lovers and supporters of the Longmont Humane Society. I've been on a ghost hunt with Richard a number of years ago, and I follow him on Facebook, and he is such a nice, friendly guy and a wonderful storyteller. So uh, before we start talking about his books and the ones we reread, we're going to do a little reader's advisory here. That's a library word for giving you suggestions on what books to read. Um, um, things that we're looking forward to reading or are currently reading. So, uh, Devin, would you like to start us off on that? Yeah. So, um, I plan on reading next or listening to, I guess, um, the book Atomic Habits by James Clear. This book has been on hold for, or not for me, this book has been, has had numerous holds for months and months. And so I don't really feel like, um, I need to form any new habits or break any new habits or old habits, but. I'm curious why everyone's reading it. But so, you need atomic habits. Yes, whatever yes, that means. Yes. Um, it's basically about, you know, breaking habits and forming new habits, whatever, bettering yourself, which, you know, is always interesting to me. So yeah. basically I'm choosing that book because it has had so many holds for so long. You want I'm, to know the mystique I do. behind the book. I do. And it's been like on the number one, it's been on like New York Times bestsellers list for like weeks and weeks and months and months. And I just am nosy. I want to know. All right. Cool. So, yeah. yeah. Edward? Yeah, so I'm actually um, looking to read uh, Earth Divers by Stephen Grabham Jones. Um, he's a local horror writer. Yeah. I think he's a professor at CU Boulder, I believe. Um, but basically what this book is, it's a post-apocalyptic um, world and, um, you know, the world, you know, gone bad. Uh-huh. <laughs> um, and they're trying to figure out why. And then they find, like, this time portal in some cave and they realize everything that went south was when... Columbus <laughs> came to America, uh-huh. and that's when, you know, this group of um, indigenous uh, researchers figured out that this is where the timeline messed up. Oh. So they sent um, they sent one back to kill back, or send them back in time to kill Columbus, and then there's, like, repercussions to changing the timeline, and there's this whole thing where, like, it's hard to kill somebody that's been sent out by <laughs> the kings and queens yeah. of the European world, so, um, and, you know... Uh, it's a graphic novel, so it's oh, okay. a little bit outside of his um, conventional writing. But, yeah, that's on my hold list right now, um, so I do need to pick it up once we're done with this. Yeah, and we, we read um, and discussed on this podcast The Only Good Indian yeah. Indians yeah, by, by him. Um, Great my, book. It was really good, and it's, it's a good sort of horror. I would call it horror, yeah. Yeah, I would call it horror, and just the fact that it has like, a lot of the traditional like Native American yeah. folklore behind it. it it was great. We, we don't get to see a lot of that. So. No, it was it was a fantastic book. So we recommend that for this spooky October. Um, for myself, I am reading um, the Murderbot series uh, by Martha Wells. And the first one was originally a novella. So it's very short, very thin. Um, and then I, I'm on book three, and they've all been very short. Uh, but it's about a security unit bot um, and uh, it calls itself Murderbot, and just <laughs> it's sort of interaction with humans, and it always seems to have um, to take care of a human and solve this mystery. Uh, and it's Murderbot is hilarious, and all it wants to really do is watch its media, <laughs> watch its shows, <laughs> and be left alone. Uh, but they're they're really funny. They're good. 
And then I'm also reading The Benevolent Society of Ill-Mannered Ladies by Allison Goodman. I just picked that off the new bookshelf because I thought it looked kind of cool. Um, it's sort of a historical mystery, kind of cozy. Um, it's fun. Set in the Regency period. And then what I'm looking forward to, and this may surprise you, <laughs> is uh, a book about UFOs. What? It's called UFO, The Inside Story of the U.S. Government's Search for Alien Life Here and Out There by Garrett M. Graff, and it comes out in November. Hmm. And uh, it's been um, described as, quote, the first serious narrative history of humanity's hunt for alien life, end quote. And what, what made you interested in that? I don't know. I I was listening to a podcast that was called Altered State or something, and it was about UFOs and it and the community around that and it got into this Skinwalker Ranch, which is a place in Utah, I think. Um, and it's supposed to have all these paranormal happenings and uh, UFO sightings. And so I was like, oh, that sounds cool. And because I'm kind of interested in these kind of communities. Sure, I'm not judging you. And um, then I started walking this, watching this show on Hulu called Skinwalker, Secrets of Skinwalker Ranch. And I got really into it. So, Yeah. <laughs> I'm interested in learning about what the government knows, what I they're keeping it. from us. Can I, I go? It. Can I go on a tangent on this? Yes. Um, so, Fernanda and I were taking the dogs out on a walk a couple nights ago, um, and um, Fernanda happened to look up and then saw like this line of I think like ten to twelve lights, like just trailing with <laughs> each other, and she's like, "Those stars look weird. They're like lined up." And so I looked up and I saw them, and then they were like moving towards us. Uh-huh. And we tried recording them, but our phones are horrible. Yeah. Um, and <laughs> we thought it was crazy because we, we had been talking about UFOs. Um, <laughs> some Mexican researchers said he found like the mummified bodies of oh, right. aliens, and we had been talking about that. Um, I, I thought it was a little ridiculous uh, yeah, about that. And then we see this, and then, you know, the, the 12, 10 to 12 lights are just traveling like southbound uh-huh. um, in the skylight. And then. Um, they would reach this point in the sky um, where, like, once they hit it, the the leading light would just just flash by. Yeah. And then we watched all ten do that. Uh, the end. So I don't know what it was. Um, I'm thinking it was some kind of like I can tell you what exercise. it was. What was it? It's it's Starlink. Is that what it was? Yes. The Is that the satellites or yeah? That's Elon Musk. The Elon Musk yeah. star. Yeah. Whoa. That's crazy. I didn't know what it was. It, yeah. it, it was crazy the fact that, you know, we were watching it, and then suddenly once it hit that point in the sky, the lights would flash by and we couldn't see them anymore. And I thought they were just like, oh, they're probably like jet planes, you know, just no. speeding off. No, I think it was satellites. They came through. and Now it makes me wonder why they were, once they got to that point, why would they move so fast? I don't know. Maybe, I don't know. They jumped out of the atmosphere. <laughs> they went warp. <laughs> I don't know. Spying on you. Everybody. But yeah, it was, it was. Because I, I heard a bunch of it on like Reddit and Nextdoor and stuff. What are those? Like, oh, yeah, it's Star. Oh, other people were talking about Starlink. This. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. And mm, now I have an answer. Yeah, you do. Um, <laughs> and then there was also, uh, I think, oh, St. Vrain, oh, that advanced, what did they call that place? I don't know. But uh, it's a drone program, a student drone mm-hmm. program, and they were doing a drone show. That's neat. So there were a lot of weird lights up there at one point, too. Yeah. So Drones are neat. Yeah, they used a lot of drone footage at Skinwalker Ranch. Skinwalker Ranch just sounds gross. It's like, it just sounds weird. Like you go there and have your skin removed or something. Well, Skinwalkers are, I mean, Edward. Yeah, they're like, uh, we have something similar in Mexico. They're basically like witch doctors, uh, except in Mexico we call them um, Nahuales. Mm -hmm. But basically what it is that they, they can put on like the skin of any animal or person and then they can turn into that thing and but you can always tell that they're not the real animal because you know the the jaw will be like slack or they'll try to wail and they'll they it'll be close enough to like the animal but not really are they um bad and and yeah i guess in both cases um in north american uh native american uh they're like really really bad in um mexican culture they're mostly seen as bad but some of them can be good Mm -hmm. um but most of the time they're they're bad Hmm. Yeah, and apparently it got its name because natives that lived in that area called it Skinwalker Ridge, and that's right on the ranch. So, hmm. yeah, I know. <clears throat> Anywho, 
Um, so moving on now to our uh, discussion of the books that we each read a different book. And so uh, it's going to be a little different this podcast. We're not going to have a set of questions that we all discuss about one thing. We're all just going to kind of chat about the books we read and what we thought. Um, and we were originally going to do this podcast with Richard in the studio with us, um, but timing and uh, dates didn't really work out. He's a very busy guy, and he, he was really excited to do that, but but the dates didn't work. So unfortunately, we can't talk with him. Um, I emailed him some questions that we had, and uh, hopefully when he responds, I can add those maybe in to the podcast or uh, put them in the newsletter. So you might want to, if you haven't already, uh, sign up for that newsletter for um, book chatter. Okay, anyway, so we're going to start with Edward. Um, what did what book did you read of Richard's and what did you think? So I read uh, Serial Killers, The Minds, Methods, and Mayhem of History's Most Notorious Murders. And um, it's, it's a scary book. Yeah. It's very well written. It will break you. Um, mm-hmm. I... I'm a fanatic of um, all that's, you know, the occult, you know, serial killers, cult, you know, cult, cult religion and stuff like that. Uh-huh. It interests me. You know, I like following these things because, you know, I like to see how these people think. Yeah. Um, so then I'm, I'm, I'm an avid viewer of, of such like documentaries, stuff like that. Um, but once I picked up the book um, and I was listening to it uh, through Libby and I was about nine hours in straight i was just listening to uh things about serial killers and i had to stop oh, i had to take a break it, just, it it hurt my soul um and you know richard goes very very deep into the stuff and you know a lot of these the things these people did um made me believe that there's evil out there um yeah you know usually i think i was like oh well most people do things because they are hurt which is you know with the it, it is the case with a lot of serial killers but some of the people that he covered in this book it they seemed like they were pure evil, and it made me start to question that. It's like, are some people just truly evil, innately yeah. born that way? Because some of them didn't have like the trademark characteristics you find um, in a serial killer. You know, um, most of them either like a like an impact to the head, or they were abused as a child. Yeah. Um, there was something that kind of led them down that road, um, but there were some of them that they had nothing of that sort and they still did atrocious things huh um was it pretty graphic he yeah he went to some detail not not um too much detail because that's something i i don't like is when um people are covering these these killers they they just focus on the gore um yeah and then that's kind of like i don't know it's yeah yeah sensationalized yeah yeah. sensational yeah exactly uh richard did not do that he did he does mention how certain people, or you know how they carry out the killings, but you know at a broad level, it's like this is how it happened. You know if this person got stabbed twenty seven times, he'll say he got stabbed twenty seven times. Where I've seen other places like oh well he was just a mess of shredded things. Yeah, right yeah, or something. Just um, so it's very much straight to the facts. Um, this book is a little bit outdated. Uh, I should mention it was written in twenty twenty, um, so still mentions like the victims of Jack the Ripper as being. Um, all prostitutes. Mm-hmm. Um, we know that's not true. We, we know that's true. That uh, yeah, book that came out what was last year. Um, yeah, the five. That was another yeah. podcast we did. Go back five. and listen to that. Um, where it you know goes to cover that's that's not true. Actually, that's something that's you know been substantialized and mm-hmm. almost purposely mentioned so or uh, reported that way. So you know it was like oh these women had it coming to them. Uh-huh. Type of thing. Um, that's what the media had portrayed back in the day, and um, the five covers that. It says, yeah. like, oh, that's actually. <laughs> I think one of them may may have been. I think one of them had, and but then, most of them were just poor. One, you know, there were a few that with some substance abuse problems. Um, you know, just had husbands that kind of. I don't yeah. know. Yeah, yeah. They, they were just regular women. Yeah. Huh. Hmm. Um. But I think he, uh, the. You're gonna read another one of his books about serial killers, right? Was that a little bit newer? I was. It was. It was called The Serial Killer Next Door, um, and I started it, and it was good. Who um, was that about? It, it, he, whoops. He hit on different serial killers, like oh. there was, you know, he had like a chapter on each one or whatever. Oh. Um, but it was over 600 pages long, and I just wasn't gonna be able to finish it on time, so I switched. Uh huh. Um, I see. But yeah, I like serial killers too. I mean, I, I mean, I don't like serial killers, but you know, I think it's really interesting, like. 
nature versus nurture. And there are some that were born in perfectly, you know, what from the outside look like normal families, no trauma, no abuse. And they're just, I mean, like Jeffrey Dahmer, the little bit that I've read about him, he came from a broken home and maybe a slightly neglectful, neglectful home. But as far as I know, he wasn't abused or traumatized in any way that I know of. I could be wrong. I think with him was though he, maybe I'm thinking the right person. He receives a kind of like uh, injection, uh, vaccination, and um, it resulted like brain swelling. It's like a very like rare side effect, right? And um, and they think that maybe that might have been. I think, but I think that that was Jeffrey Dahmer. He definitely had some kind of brain inflammation going Mm -hmm. on. So like it, it goes back to that thing where it's like if damage to the brain mm-hmm. okay. Mm-hmm. okay so i stand corrected but there was a there was one doctor that um uh, they, they call him like dr death it oh, you know yeah injected he, people. He oh, was that gosnell that guy uh, there's kevorkian but he was the euthanasia doctor yeah, yeah he wasn't a killer like, so. no he wasn't yeah this guy like murdering uh, uh harold shipman harold shipman was his name, and he killed like 250 people Jeez. by like um, injecting them with um, morphine. Wow! Um, did he work in a hospital, or was he? He had like a private practice. I think that's what it was. Did oh, he think he yeah. was? Did he think he was like helping these people, or these people that were like terminal, and he you know kind of thought he was doing? No, good? no most no. of them were Just pure up they, evil. They go up to him and like they they have some minor thing, and then. They'd be dead after. It was just a control, them. maybe. Yeah. yeah. Well, I, I do. I do plan on going back and reading that serial killer book, but I couldn't. I couldn't do six hundred pages. <laughs> not. Not. Yeah. I just didn't have time. Um, I, I recall that, uh, and to speak to your, you know, some of them just seem wrong from the beginning. Um, uh, BTK. So um, he um was in Wichita, and that's why I grew up near there. Um. And so he, it turns out when they found him that he was just this, uh, like an electrical engineer, had a great, had a great job. He had a family, a wife and maybe two daughters. Um, and he was, uh, on the church board at his, his local church. Mm -hmm. And so, um, I think when they, when, when they found out that it was him, uh, I was friends with a pastor uh, who worked at a – or who who was who – was, she's a Lutheran pastor in Wichita. She was anyway. And um, so she knew this other pastor that was pastor of – I can't remember his name. BTK guy. What was his name? Was like John oh, he, Wayne Gacy, was it? No. Here. He's the clown um, guy. Hold on. Uh, hang on. Yeah, he covers it in this uh, – <sighs> It just had the name and it just disappeared on me. Anyway, he was pastor to this guy, mm-hmm. and he went into the prison to talk to him, and he he's just convinced that like it was some sort of denom- <laughs> demonic possession or something like that because he's like, I cannot – he could not reconcile yeah. a man that he knew yeah, that would be hard. this and then the man who did these violent killings. Yeah, that would be hard. Dennis Rader. Dennis uh, Rader. Well, that's scary that – the mask these people can wear. That's like covering this book. All these people, they, they just had a, like a facade that people could not see through. And they're just doing these horrible things like spouses. Their spouses were completely unaware that these people were going out doing these things at night. How? How? I don't get that. Like like John Wayne Gacy, he was the clown guy, right? And he would go to kids' um, birthday parties and make clown balloons. And the wife had no clue and the kids had no clue. It's like, how do you not have a clue? I don't it's, know. It's... it's uh, thinking like a lot of these circles are super manipulative. They're smart. Yeah. They, they, smart. They, you see what they, what they want you to see, and then as soon as there's, as soon as there's a crack, the fall face off, and then you see what's behind that. You know, it happened to Ted Bundy. You know, once they're like, mm-hmm. "All right, dude, we we know <laughs> we, got, we got you to to rights. It's you can't weasel yourself out of it." He just lost his composure, and then he tried to be his own lawyer and like oh, really? trial, and yeah. oh, it Ted just Bundy. went south. Yeah, yeah it, you know, once. Once that facade is gone, hmm. it, it breaks, and then you see what they're behind. But scary. In the meantime, as, as you know, if people are not calling it out, it's it's insane yeah. how how well they can just hide. Well, that Long Island serial killer, you know, that they just fa- found him. The guy in New Jersey, he, New York, 
He lives in New Jersey or New York or something. I don't know. Um, and uh, he killed some uh, quite a few uh, call girls, I guess. Um, and yeah, I mean, his wife's divorcing him now, but no, she's like, I don't I had no clue. Wow, I would hope the kids had no clue. That would be a little bit more. He going away on business trips, right? Oh, well, yeah, I guess. Come back and, and do whatever he did, and I, th- I think yeah, there was a lot of routine. Like I think um, uh, one of like the, the fo- Foxhole Farm, Fox, um, Foxborough Farms or something like that. He's like one of the killers. Uh, um, Richard talks in his uh, serial killer uh, book. Um, you know, he'd do a lot of his killings when like the wife wasn't home. He would, uh-huh. he, he, um, you know, he would wait for her to go away to see family or go away on whatever she was doing, and that's when he was active. So I'm going to kind of just take a sh- sort of sharp left. Um, I'll Be Gone in the Dark by Michelle McNamara. Oh, God, that's a good that book. That is such a good book. She um, is passed away, but she wrote the book about – she wrote that book, but it was about the Golden State Killer, and that book was – Probably my favorite book about serial killers ever. Yeah. Well, it was about a serial killer. But it, but they didn't know who he was at that point. They didn't know who he was. And I, she passed away before they figured out who it was. But if you're interested in that, that's a great book. What was it called? I'll Be Gone in the Dark. I'll Be Gone in the Dark. Yeah. yeah. Sure. It was Pat Osborne. Pat, Patton Oswald's. Pat, Patton Oswald's. Previous wife. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. It's excellent. Oh, my God. It's good. I know. Could not recommend that enough. I'll have to yeah. check that and out. And there's, yes. a, there's a documentary, too. Um, I think it's on HBO. Yeah. It's a couple of years older, but that was yeah. fantastic. She seemed like just a really neat, smart lady. But she was she was obsessed. Yeah. She was she was obsessed. That is a great word. Um, yeah. and I'm sad that she passed before. Yeah. She got to, Good to out see that, that her what she did helped. Helped. Yeah. I mean, pretty much yeah. That guy was just a creep. He's like an ex cop or something. He was a cop, yeah. And he, he did horrible things. He did a lot of like break ins and rapes. Tie the man he, up and then rape the woman in front of the man. Not in front sometimes. No, oh. he'd put like the guy in the in the bedroom or something oh, and he put dishes on him. Yeah. And say, if I hear these, you know, you're done. So they can't move. Terrifying. It, that it's it goes back to like uh, Richard Ramirez. And, and then um I had asked um Richard and uh, those questions sent you if um, That was a Night Stalker, right? Mm-hmm. Night Stalker. Um about the whole uh thing where like um you know, I live by this notion that um like cowardice and cruelty are like two faces of the same coin. Uh-huh. Yeah. So like you can't be kind and and a coward because then that's just a facade for actual cruelty. Uh-huh. You can't be brave and unkind because that's cowardice type of thing, right? Huh. Um, so then, you know, a lot of these people like Richard Ramirez, um, I, I consider them cowards because of what – he did, he would do the same thing. He would tie up the male, like the, the man, yeah. and then sexually assault the woman. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it was because he was very much scared of of any opposition or any anyone that was would be able to fight him off. Uh-huh. So this, this guy walked around. As, <clears throat> as much of a monster, he tried to portray himself. You know, he, he was a coward. Hmm. He was scared. Well, and pictures he, of him, he just looks soulless. Yeah, and... And th- that's the thing too. Like I mentioned to Richard, uh, to um, Richard, uh, step not Richard Ramirez. I haven't talked to that guy. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, with uh, Richard Ramirez, like um, a lot of this trauma came from um, his uncle that came back from Vietnam, mm-hmm. um, and then the uncle was doing horrible things to Vietnamese women during the Vietnam War. Um, he was like sexually assaulting them. And then decapitating them, oh my God. and then um, you know he he brought those pictures back and then showed them to Richard, and this definitely had an influence on Richard. Uh. And then he ends up killing Richard's aunt in front of him, um, in front of Richard. And you know I, that's what uh, a question I posed to Richard as well. Um, there's too many Richards in the story. <laughs> <laughs> I posed him was like, why I would consider Richard's uncle a serial killer himself too. Yeah. Uh-huh. But you know they don't call him that because all. The things he did were during a time of war. Oh, so it's yeah. Like, where would where do you draw the line? I, I would say he was a serial killer himself as well. I mean, yeah. he was a serial killer who borned. Oh no, yeah. borned. Is that a word? Birth. I don't think so. Birth. <laughs> birth another serial killer. Yeah. Um. Did you guys ever watch Mindhunter? Mm-mm. Mm. Um. 
if you would like it, Edward. <laughs> uh, they, it's I think it has two, two or three seasons, um, but it's about Jim something something Douglas. Jim Douglas. He was an FBI profiler, and he went and interviewed serial killers um, to sort of build a profile. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, you would that it's really quite interesting. Is a show? Yeah. I can't tell you what it was on, what station, but I think you can probably get DVDs. Yeah. It's old enough for that. Um, but, but yeah, yeah, I don't, I don't know. That's why these people do these things. And, and, and I think psychopathy, you know, their, their brains don't work correctly. They don't have empathy. They don't know how to have empathy. Um, they, they have to pretend it and watch people to see how they behaved and, 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 so they just ape it, you know, yeah. Yeah. Uh, but they don't, they're very manipulative. They're very, uh, they think they're very superior to everyone else, yeah. but they have zero empathy. They can't feel it. They can't feel bad about what they've done. That's wild. Hmm. So, so you have to ask, you know, I mean, not every, not every psychopath is a serial killer, but are they, yes, they're at fault, but I don't know. I, when I don't somebody's know. born that way and you know I, this may seem terrible but I feel like when you are killing people so ruthlessly ruthlessly and you, I don't really care the reason no I mean your rights just no. don't matter anymore I mean I mean I'm gonna throw you in a dark hole and but how do you I mean how do we how do we find out those people before they start wreaking havoc yeah and I think that's also a slippery slope we have to be careful to go down with is, um, you know, people with mental health um, tend to be the victims of violent crime more than anything. So um, it's it's always to be careful around that too, I think. Keep that in mind. It's like, yeah, um, just because they're like you said, like not every psychopath is going to be a serial killer. And, you know, might be a little bit careful about, you know, it's like trying to put blame, a little bit too much blame on on mental health because most people with mental health won't do that. Right. no, it's, it, I think yeah. that's a step above. It's not mental health; mental it's just health. a mental defect. I mean, it's yeah. a brain is a yeah. brain structure issue. Yeah, I mean, like there's they have like a smaller part somewhere. Well, yeah, like there's like a. I'm not smart enough to know about any of that. There was like no. a, like the shooter from uh, Texas Texas Tech, I think, and oh. and, and they can't they can't um, <laughs> you know one? prove this. Um, to an, it was like he like he like, killed like some people like in the late '60s or uh-huh. '70s. Um, he went up to a tower and started shooting down on people. Oh, he was an okay. ex-Marine. Uh-huh. Um, and um, it looked like he had like a, a brain tumor that was pushing up against his amygdala. Oh, my gosh. And as we know, like the amygdala is, mm-hmm. you know, that's that's your f- uh, flight or, uh, fight or flight uh-huh. reaction. So there, there was something pushing up against it. And so he was having like very violent, aggressive thoughts. And he didn't know why. He, you know, he kept a journal. Um, mm. He journaled all his emotions. He's like, I don't know why I feel like this. But I know I'm going to kill some people. Yeah. And then, you know, after, you know, um, and he wanted once, like, he once he died, he wanted to have an autopsy to see what was causing him to feel this way. Um, and, you know, he did get the autopsy, and that's when they found a tumor pushing up against them. Oh, so wow. Now that's they, so interesting. Yeah, now they can't say 100%. That's why he was acting that way he no. was. Sure. But it, it is interesting. Cause, like, there was, like, some actual. Yeah. And, and you don't really hear about serial killers anymore. Right. Um, they were big in like the 70s yeah. and 80s and 90s. Um, and now I guess you call serial killers like mass shooters, you know. I don't know how true this is. Um, I've always read, and I could be wrong, that a good indicator of somebody who's going to commit a violent act in adulthood, there are three things. They start fires. Oh, These are as children. They start fires. They wet the bed late into life. And they are abusive to animals. Oh. Don't know if any of that's true. But yeah, I've, I've heard, heard that. Before. And yeah, maybe if I mean, I don't know. <laughs> I think at one time I did read an article in the New York Times or the New Yorker or some sort of magazine. It was a long, long article, but it was about young psychopaths, mm-hmm. young kids and That's and scary. parents who it was it was just horrific. You know, they would hurt the pets, they would hurt siblings, they would hurt the parents yeah, and what do you do? What do you do? What do you? I mean, can can you you know if you get therapy with them, can you help them 
work yeah. through these impulses. Um, yeah. I don't know. Anyway. You can't be with your kid 24-7, but, man, you're hurting my, you know, my other child or my my dog or cat. Or yeah, whatever. and they just seemed very f- sort of flat and yeah, just didn't care. Didn't That's, feel bad about it. Or, yeah, I don't know. That would be so terrifying. I know. You'd, feel, <laughs> you'd be so torn. Oh, God. Okay. Like what he does, apparently, it's... I don't know. It's no easy answer. Institution life, yeah. you know, what do you do? Anyway, um, cool. Okay, so you would suggest others read that, but take it in small doses? Yeah, definitely. Not nine hours of it? Exactly, <laughs> and maybe pick up the other book. He has the newer one. Maybe okay. He has a little bit more updated information. Just, okay. Just, things do change. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Okay, cool. Um, Devin, what did you read? Well, um, like I said, I was going to start to read another serial killer book, um, I'm definitely going to go back and read it. But I read the book Haunted Longmont. Um, it was published in 2015, and I read it um, as an ebook, which was, um, you know, so I don't have it in front of me like you guys do. Um, it was good. He's he's just a really good writer. He's, like, having a conversation with you. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, maybe I'm a little bit biased since I know him in person, but he's just a really nice guy with a little bit of humor and mischievousness in his writing. Mm-hmm. Um you know, ghosts aren't as serious as serial killers. So there are some funny parts in there. Um, and so there's like 15 chapters or 17 chapters. And he goes through different buildings all over Longmont and pictures are included. And the chapters are short. It's really easy to read. I read it in like a day and a half. Um, and the building that we're sitting in right now recording this is the old Carnegie Library. And supposedly this building is haunted. And it was so hilarious when we first got here. Um, Josie and Edward were trying to like... <laughs> go down to the basement, but then we realize we're in the basement because um, there is supposed <laughs> to be an invisible hand that grabs you while you're down here, um, and we are going to try to lure the ghost out, but it didn't We work. could ask Sergio if there's... We can, we can. So, who's um, part of El- Longmont Public Media Yeah, and see if there's and phantom appa- hands. <laughs> yeah, apparently, the Longmont Public Library, where, of course, we all work, um, there was a chapter there. And, Seriously? Yes. It said in March of 2013, which you and I were, Josie and I were both here. Edward wasn't. Um, but an employee, an unnamed employee said that books were flying off the shelf. I'm like, who was that? I got to go find that person. So I've never had any experiences at the library, <gasps> but it wouldn't surprise me at all. Um, I've I, heard noises. I've been sitting in my cubicle and, you know, on a Saturday and I hear like footsteps on the roof. Ooh. And then I come out, I'm like, I Somebody back here with me? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Dude, we need to talk to Richard and, like, have I an know. overnight. The oh, um, the um, Civic Center, apparently, back in 1981, a woman was um, divorcing her husband in the process of divorcing her husband. And she was having, um, not an affair, I guess, but she was dating um, a coworker. And then the estranged husband wanted to meet her and her lover at the Civic Center in, like, a finance office building or something. Oh. And he brought a gun and shot two guys as she was fleeing. Apparently the Civic Center is haunted too. The Cheese Importers building is haunted. Um, you know, Dickens Theater, of course, is haunted. Yeah. There's some spooky stories. Like I was reading this and getting goosebumps and I don't know whether or not I believe in ghosts. I don't know. Like, yeah. I really don't know. There's a part of me that's like, no way, that's so ridiculous. There's always a scientific reason for all this stuff. Then there's a part of me that's like, I think there are ghosts because I have family members that have told me they have seen ghosts, family members that, you know, wouldn't lie or make this up. Mm-hmm. Um, like my uncles, one of my uncles lives on, um, or he did, an old battlefield in Pennsylvania. Oh. And he said there, his house, he had a big old, like, old-timey house. Was it Gettysburg? No. No, no. Um, I don't know where Gettysburg is. Is that in Pennsylvania? That's Pennsylvania. Okay, yeah. No, it was like the Battle of Brandywine or something oh, okay. like that. Um, so he said he was driving home one day and there was a face up in the window and nobody was at their house. There's a rocking chair that rocks by itself. Pictures fall off the wall. I don't know. And my uncle's like, you know, went to West Point. He's like a pretty stand up guy. Yeah. I don't think he'd lie, but he's also kind of a goofball. So maybe, <laughs> <I don't know. laughs> um, it was a really good book. I really recommend it. Um, he's just a really good writer. Yeah. Um, and 10% of the, that book went to um, – the proceeds went to Larimer Humane Society. Of course, because so he's made, a – He's just a really neat guy. Yeah, they, he, so. yeah they, have a, they have a dog that they uh, – yeah. a rescue dog and I think a rescue cat. Yeah, in the back, you know, in the author – about the author part in the back, he was like, I'm the designated human to, you know, a group of cats and dogs that follow me around. He's yeah. Just, he's just cute and funny. And, yeah. Um, yeah, I really recommend picking up that book if you are um, – well, if you're anybody, but especially if you're a Longmont resident, because it's short, it's easy to read. I recognized all the buildings. Um, 
there there was a dedication to somebody that used to work at the library that we all know um, who's since passed away, and I could kind of recognize her in some of the stories too. Uh-huh. Um, yeah, just a great book. So, what the 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 ghost investigation, the paranormal investigation that I went on with Richard, yeah, was with Rhonda Conrad. Yeah, that's what um, I was talking about. Yeah, Sweet lady. Um, and we were over at so uh, it, it was the old print shop. Uh-huh. There's a story um, in there about the lady hunchback lady. Yes. yes. I was there. Oh, oh my gosh. Um so uh so it's the old print shop and now then it was the creation station. That's probably mm-hmm. what you know as it as. Mm-hmm. Um and then it was also I think maybe a police station at one point or it was the morgue too. Yes. Down under the yes. in the basement which you can go down in. Um, apparently there was a a, a a shoot. A shoot. Yes. They've, they've not boarded it up, concreted it up. Yeah. I don't know what that word is. Yeah, there is, was a shoot. You could just. Sh- it's like, oh my God, it's like this big. Did they just shove the bodies down in there? So oh we, God. you know, and, the, and, the, and it was an old prison as mm-hmm. well. I think mm-hmm. it had bars on the windows. Oh, and the elite barber shop. Apparently some guy shot himself up there and that's the guy that haunts the elite barber oh, shop. Oh, okay. So, yeah. Good thing I don't cut my hair there anymore. <laughs> <laughs> if I had hair. If you had hair. You don't neat, have hair right now. Neat old pictures. Lots of pictures in that book. Yeah. He must have walked around town and took took himself which um but i went with them and nothing happened i didn't see anything happen yeah but but there were reports of of you know that the alarm would go on like mm-hmm. a ding dong ding dong would just do it automatically mm-hmm. um yeah someone saw an apparition of, of yeah like a hunchback, hunchback lady, lady yeah. walking around um yeah i have goosebumps right now it was so much fun. Yeah, it's a good book. I don't know that I could go on a ghost. Yes, thing. you could. No, I'm a chicken. You guys saw me. I wouldn't even get in the elevator. <laughs> we should. We should do it. We should get no. Richard in and do the library. That be fun? I would uh, sleep at the library. I yes. can't even love it. He loves ghosts. So really, I don't know if we could actually do that. I bet you legally could. or whatever. But I mean, he got permission Let's to go find stuff. Yeah. <laughs> cool. Yeah. Okay. Um. So that's that's a fun one. Um. I read another ghost book. Um called The Dead Below and The Haunting of the Denver Botanic Gardens. And that was, it was quite good. You know, it it was a quick read. Um, So the Botanic Gardens are, were built on Cheeseman Park. And apparently Cheeseman Park was built over a cemetery. And they were moving the cemetery. Uh, I I don't recall why, but, you know, they gave people such and such amount of time to come get your loved ones and remove them. And a lot of people couldn't afford it or, or... couldn't swing that, so there are t- there are lots of bodies still buried under there, and one of the um, homes it was it was a, a someone's residence, but it's now part of the botanic gardens, and they spend a lot of time in that home because that's where a lot of the paranormal activity is occurring, and uh, it's sinking, and they think it's because coffins are breaking <laughs> that makes sense. and so and it makes these pockets of of air or whatever in the soil and the soil shifts and so the foundation is kind of like a sinkhole yeah water, yeah you know, the water moves from like right water moves and then there's a cavity and then it just collapses exactly so these cavities are because of of, of coffins and things I mean, that have are... we not learned by numerous movies now by don't <laughs> build stuff on the top cemetery. of cemeteries i think that's impossible sometimes right yeah i mean there's a lot of dead people in the earth anyway um, but anyway, you know, it, and, and he kind of goes through kind of every night that they go and, and the experiences they have. And, and he went and talked to some of the people that work there and the experiences they've had. And it was, you know, it was interesting. And he's like, he takes a very scientific approach. I mean, this is not woo woo stuff. I mean, I don't know has... about science, but, okay, well, but uh, yeah, I mean, he's can he, be skeptical he's of skeptical things and, and they try to he, figure out a reason why did this do. door shut and, oh, we found out because if you open this back door, mm-hmm. there's such an air circulation or vacuum yeah. that yeah. this door shuts. So, And he says that over and over again yeah. in this book. And and another thing I forgot to mention in this Longmont um, book that another reason I liked it so much is that he told the history of the building first. And yeah. you know, so you got a good historical, you know, reference for each building and each story. And that I really like that a lot too. Yeah. So. Yeah. Um, so I, I enjoyed it. I, I find that stuff really fascinating. I have never, ever had a paranormal experience. Me neither. Never seen a ghost, never felt a ghost. Um, my, my husband has felt strange in certain places. Um, I don't think, I don't know if it's ghostly, but he just feels a, an, a presence sometimes in a place. And he says, I just, 
I don't want to be here anymore. Oh. Something's very angry, something bad, oh. some residual something. Yeah. I, I've never felt that way. So I'd, I'd kind of like to, but I don't know. <laughs> I know. It's like, but sounds I'm, nice when all the lights are on and yeah. you're here with other people. But, but you know, I find it, I find it fascinating. Um, yeah. I would like to know for sure if there are ghosts or not. Yeah. Yeah, I don't, I don't see why not. I don't see why not either. Yeah, I don't know. That's, I mean, I, a lot of people, you know, believe in God and believe in angels and things. Why, I mean, why ghosts, not ghosts? Yeah. yeah, I mean, ghosts aren't necessarily evil or bad. They're just somebody that had a tragic ending maybe or a sad ending or something. And or just super attached to right. you know, residual right. yeah, energies. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's so much we don't know. Right. So I'm kind of agnostic about it. I don't believe yeah. in it or disbelieve it. Me too. It's something me too. I don't know. Me too. Yeah, I, I love hearing stories. I if somebody sits me down and tells me like a good ghost story, yeah, like I, I, maybe I won't believe it, you know. But I won't question it either. Yeah, but I love sitting there and you know hearing stories, especially like you know, in my culture, it's it's huge, especially witches. You know, yeah, there's always a story about a witch. Um, <laughs> are they always uh, female or are they sometimes male witches or those are um, warlocks, right? Or I don't know. Like, most most time they're they're female uh-huh. females, um, brujas. That's what they call them. Uh-huh. Um, but I think there's like also like witch doctors, oh, okay. um, brujos, and, you know, they also do evil things. So it's mostly, you know, a lot of people. And a lot of it is like a blend of like Catholicism with like, you know, the indigenous culture that was there before. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Um, so Makes and, sense. And then so a lot of them is like, you know, could probably count as an awal, you know, that I mentioned earlier. A skinwalker. Uh, a skinwalker. Yeah. Um, so what are the stories you've heard from your... From... Uh, so there's one that my cousin likes to tell, um, and it happened like three stages in his life. Um, but it all happened after he and his sister had an argument. Um, it was pr- a pretty big fight. It was there was like it got physical, uh-huh. um, and you know they're young. They're young kids. They're like I think he was 12 and she was 11. Uh-huh. Um, but it got physical and it started fighting. Um, and at night, um, and the way the houses are built in Mexico, it's not like everything here where everything's like built within the house over there it's like you have one room a patio another room like, so the rooms are around the patio but oh, there's okay. like an open space like a courtyard yeah like a yeah. courtyard type uh-huh. of thing um so you know they they got into the fight and then um at night it was like around one at night um they heard like a, a gust of wind and then like something trying to break into the door and then the doors in mexico are they're they're metal they have like glass panes and they're metal frames um, there was something trying to like like break the door open, and there was like you could hear like a huge gust of wind. So then, um, and they all shared a room. The you know his, his siblings and his mom. Uh-huh. The mom got up to go check out the window, and there was like nothing. There was like no movement. Uh-huh. Um, so she went back to bed, and again the rattling of the door started. And you know my cousin was terrified. You know covered himself completely <laughs> over the head. Um, and then. Um, that was it. You know, that was just, that was the noise. Like a few years later, same thing again. There's another argument, another fight now. My cousin's maybe 17 and my, uh, my cousin's 16. Yeah. Um, there's another argument. My um, cousin, she ends up going to uh, spend the night at her uh, aunt's. And then my cousin and another cousin um, were sitting outside and then, um, you know, talking about the fight that just happened. And then they happened to look up and... On top of his bedroom, and this is a different house now. Oh. Um, they, they have moved since then. And again, same setup. There's a courtyard, except this one had like a um, like a backyard where they keep, keep animals in the back. So they had like chickens and stuff uh-huh. like that. Um, but when they looked up uh, on top of his room um, on, on the roof, he saw the silhouette of what looked like a, like, a, like an ape. <laughs> and and it, there was like a, like a red glare. Um, and it, like in his eyes, and that's when they decided this is enough. <laughs> We're gonna go inside. Uh-huh. So then, uh, you know, time passes since 2018 now, um, and this was like a couple months before I went to go visit him um, in Mexico, and him and his wife got into an argument, um, and this is a different house now, and then the same thing happened as the first time. It was like a gust of wind, and then the door started rattling. Um, shaking and now a thing with mexico like there's no door handles on the outside of the ha- of the door it's only on the inside the oh. door handles on the inside the outside is just like a flat uh-huh. um, how do you get in piece. 
Uh, you put the key in and then oh. turn, and then that turns the mechanism, okay. um, like a safety feature. Interesting. But, you know, to get around that, <laughs> most houses, what they do, they cut a little hole around um, the glass the glass on the on the door so they can stick their hand in there oh. and pull the doorknob. Uh-huh. <laughs> and so they, 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 they had gotten in a fight, and then, um, you know, they went to bed. And again, like the, the gust of wind, like, just, you know, rattling things like it sounded like they were moving like moving bottles around in the in the the patio, and then the door frame started to like shake, and then um, you know he looked up and he saw what looked like the hand of like an ape, but only had three fingers, and it's trying to grab a doorknob and it's trying to and then the door the doorknobs on there they're more like a bolt you like slide it to the side uh-huh. and that's on, on like just the mechanism, um, it was trying to pull at it but. Um, they had locked the, the deadbolt, and the deadbolt you can only open it with a key. And the thing was trying to like come into the door, uh, and um, it couldn't get in. And then it, but it didn't stop. Like the door didn't stop shaking. It's like three in the morning, which is like a lot of people call it like the dead witching hour or mm-hmm. something like that. Mm-hmm. But that's when it stopped. Um, and then uh, they they firmly believe that it's like. It, he better stop making the demon. women in his life mad. Yeah. <laughs> They're sending something after him. That's what I'm saying. I, I didn't that. Like, yeah. <laughs> you just better say, yes, ma'am. Yes, yeah. ma'am. Just do it. Um, still. Huh. But it's, you know, it's it's very pro- prominent in Mexico. Everywhere you go, there's somebody has a story about like a witch or a demon or um, elves. Elves, huh? Elves. Uh, they call them duendes on there. Um, I guess it'd be more like goblins, though, actually. Like, like. Tiny goblins uh-huh. um, that they, they steal stuff. Um, so naughty. You know, if, if you're out drinking too late, you're gonna run into an elf. So <laughs> like, watch out for a goblin. That's so um, funny. Huh? Yeah, and um, it's you know. So there's a lot of go. belief. Yeah. Oh, in the initial belief that yeah, this stuff's possible, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and that's where I think maybe like I, I don't know what it was like, what was going on. Um, honestly, it could have probably been somebody, some dude trying to break in this house and only has three fingers. I don't know. <laughs> um, that's funny. My um, best friend huh. in high school, she was um, she was full blooded Cherokee um, as her mom was, and her mom was like a really religious person. She was not somebody to make up stories. And she told me, um, the mom told me when when the mom was like sixteen or seventeen, she was visiting her grandmother. This was in Oklahoma, and they were out in a field, and she was hanging up laundry with her grandma or something. And she looked over, and there was she was like, "Hand to God, Devin." Sasquatch was there uh-huh. at the edge of the woods watching us. The thing was huge. It smelled really bad. And I believe her because I believe that she believes that she saw this. Um, but this was not a woman that would lie to me. Um, you know, and I don't know what happened. being Cherokee has anything to do with it. But it's the same kind of like that culture of the unexplained and that kind of stuff. I don't know. I, just, I feel like it's maybe a culture that's more open to yeah, exactly. things that – are not scientifically. I agree. Yeah. 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 So I mean, was... not that they're not scientific people, but right. They're maybe more open to possibilities. I agree. I agree. Um, but yeah, she was not somebody to make things up like that. Huh? Um, and I believe her. Yeah. You know? Yeah. She was a neat lady. Wild. Yeah. But I believe, I believe in Bigfoot. I mean, it's just an animal, right? That maybe yeah. It's undiscovered. Yeah. I, I think the thing too is like, like, um, I believe that they believe, mm-hmm. and it's, you know, it still scares me. I was, yeah, me too. I, my cousin was telling me the story. I'm like, and, uh, and, and I'm spending the night at your place, and you're telling me this just <laughs> happened. Uh, <laughs> Let's not have a fight, okay? <laughs> yeah. Um, and uh, you know, I, I, I'll be a skeptic about uh, about certain things. Um, but I mean, it's just so ubiquitous everywhere you go. It's it, you know, everyone has stories. So it makes you wonder. It's like, what are the things that you know? We're seeing that might have like a rational explanation, uh-huh. um, and then it's just something we can't really perceive with like the instruments we have now nowadays. Sure, you know, um, you know I'm, I'm sure Richard uses a lot of like gear to like he does. Do oh yeah, stuff like he that. talks oh, about yeah. all his gear um, and spirit it. boxes yeah. and EMF readers and mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. So it makes you wonder. It's like maybe these things are there, and then some people are just more sensitive to it, and then they can just perceive things that most people can't. Yeah. And we just don't have those instruments. I mean, for like those, like longest time, people didn't know how like bats flew around, you right? Know, and they did this whole this thing still, and they like cover them like in resin, and they have them fly around because it was like, oh, they have like super sensitive hairs, and that's how they do it. And then they would like put little blinds on their eyes to keep them, and then they put like little 
um, earplugs, <laughs> earplugs in them, and it's like they're trying to like blind every sense they had. And then somebody says like they have like a sixth sense, and that's how they echolocation they, they go around and yeah. Um, and but back then nobody thought about echolocation yeah. because they didn't have the instruments for it. Right, they right. Kind of picked that up, and then eventually it's like we got the instrumentation, and then they were able to pick up like the little. I don't know. Right. And then and then we're like, oh yeah, no, they use their, their hearing to fly around. But uh-huh. at that point I we, think you're onto something. We don't know. Yeah. So maybe that's yeah. something. Yeah. Um, yeah. All right. Cool, cool guys. So I I guess we unequivocally say, you know, come to the library and find uh books by Richard Estep. Yeah, we have a lot of his books. We do um, in all formats. Um and of course if you want one. Um, that we don't have, we can buy it for you. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, come and get it. Um, and I think on our the city's YouTube channel, we have recorded at least the last um, presentation he gave at the library about his paranormal adventures. And he's very good to listen to. Yeah. He tells a really good story. Entertaining and comfortable in front yeah, of the crowd. Yeah, absolutely. And the last time he was there, um, kind of funny story, all the electrical equipment, nothing, nothing would really work. The microphones wouldn't work. And he yeah. says that happens to him. Yeah. He <laughs> carries around some, some residual kind of, energy. Yeah. No, yeah, whatever. I don't know. <laughs> anyway, check out his books um, and support him. Uh, Richard Estep. All right. So thanks for this discussion. I really enjoyed it. Um, and this month's newsletter, uh, you might want to check it out because we'll have additional links um, and information and maybe some of the questions we had for Richard will be answered for you. So our next episode, um, we are going to read a cookbook. It's called 50 Pies, 50 States, An Immigrant's Love Letter to the United States Through Pie by Space- Stacy Spacey. Stacy May Yan Fong, um, and I think you know we'll be maybe cooking some of those recipes. Not we're not going to be demoing it on the podcast, but we're going to try and cook some of those recipes um, and talking about pie and you know, may, I don't know maybe eating pie. So tune into that one. 